This one goes out to the conscious entrepreneurs here to make a difference in a big way. Welcome to the Heart, Soul, and Guts podcast. You've got the vision. You've heard the call. The world needs what you have to give, and you're ready to show up. Exactly how that's going to happen, that part's not so clear. Dreaming it and living it, two very different things. Deep breath, sister, you're in the right place. Amy Biondini is crazy about people and about business, and she's here to help you. It's time to get out of stuck and into action aligned with your soul. Are you ready? Here's Amy. Joe Casey is a certified life coach, trainer and coach mentor who specializes in helping coaches and other nice people build sustainable, honest businesses without resorting to the dark arts of seasoned marketing tactics. Joe is the founder of JoeCasey.com. She's a podcaster, speaker and writer for Coaching Blueprint, Mind Body Green and Tiny Buddha. Joe, hello. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Amy. I'm really excited to be doing this. Thank you. You're so welcome. Well, why don't we dive right in and why don't you give me the highlights in your life? What is the Joe Casey story? Oh, well, it's a meandering one. I think okay. I've been... Somebody once described me as a seeker, so I've always been kind of seeking the thing that is going to be, you know, the thing that makes me feel whole and makes me feel happy. And I never kind of accepted right from an early age the standard thing of where you go to school and you work hard and then you get a job and you find someone to settle down with and that's it. And even from right from an early age, I was very kind of, no, no, I don't think so. <laughs> no. So, I mean, even though I, you know, I have met somebody and I did settle down and I, you know, did work hard at school and all of those things, it's all always been about I need to find the thing that lights me up inside I'm not very good at just kind of staying still in one place I just have this urge to be growing and to be learning you know love of learning is one of my kind of core values and so I think my life has been driven by that I always want to be learning new things and seeking the I don't know seeking the juicy bits in life I love it seeking the juice so what lights you up what lights me up I love coaching. I mean, coaching is, you know, my job. I am a coach. I work with coaches. I love that type of intervention, which is about helping people not only reach their goals, but also see the best in themselves, discover their best ways of doing things and helping them to find the things that light them up as well and how they can, in my instance, I help people to turn that into a living because I think that's the, that's the real genius bit. If you can do that and do the things that don't even necessarily feel like work, then that is that's just brilliant but I also love craft and the whole idea of making things so I really admire people who are craftspeople and whether that be things that they make with their hands or whether it be you know artistic and an artwork or theatre or film you know I love the whole concept of the artist and striving to create something I love deep conversations I love my family my kids my husband you know really good friends good food <laughs> those types of things really light me up I couldn't give a stuff about what kind of car somebody drives or how much money they make and, and, and things like that but you know give me good food good conversation and you know good films and things like that and I'm happy this is like the experience is very important to you yeah yeah I, I think it is and I think there's something about enjoying the process enjoying the journey and not the destination I used to work with a guy in my day job back in the day and he used to roll his eyes every time he was also a coach he was a corporate coach but a very 
very kind of pragmatic, very logical thinking one. And he used to roll my brain, roll his eyes every single time. I would kind of, you know, it's about the journey. <laughs> no, it's about the goal, getting them to the goal. And I was like, yeah, but what's the point if they don't enjoy the journey there to the goal? And, well, that's um, an excellent point. Yeah. I kind of think, you know, what is the point? I mean, how many people have you either met or maybe you've had it yourself where you think this thing that you're chasing is the thing that's going to make you really happy? And it doesn't. And I think I had some, I was lucky I had some quite formative experiences that kind of showed me that. So I kind of thought, right, okay, I'm going to enjoy the journey then. And why not? <laughs> Journey's a good bit. Mm. So tell me about the journey to you starting your own business. Well, again, quite kind of meandering. I need a better word than meandering. That, that makes it sound like it's a bit directionless. No, it, it just wasn't a straight line for me. So I was about 15 years ago, single parent. I had discovered that I was pretty good at learning and development and training. So, my, so that's the area I worked in. And I was working for one of the big consultancy firms and basically hit a wall with it. Just found myself really, really, really stressed to the point where I couldn't get out of bed, you know, just anxious all the time, panic attacks, was diagnosed with anxiety and depression. And once I started recovering from that thought, I, I don't want to go back to that world, which on paper looked great. You know, I was in my 20s. I was earning really good money. I was being sent, I was going to say all over the world, not quite, but you know, to different parts of Europe. And on paper, I was, I guess, living what would be a lot of people's dream. You know, my parents were very proud of me. I was working for this big firm. I was not just miserable I was making myself ill and so I really wanted to look at alternative ways that I could you know still earn a living but have something that wasn't killing me so I moved into things like e-learning so designing online courses and things like that and came across this magazine article describing this thing called coaching life coaching and kind of thought I like the idea but that probably isn't the likes of me but it didn't go away this curiosity about this thing so I in the end took a big bold step and did this really scary thing should book myself on some training and found that I loved it I just loved it it was this idea that you could use holding space for somebody and listening to them and asking them questions to help them move towards a place that they're wanting to get to and you're almost like holding a mirror up for them so that they can see different angles they can see different options they could see different perspectives and achieve so much more than they would do on their own and being on the receiving end of that as well as practicing that I just I was blown away by the power of it and so I became you know I suppose a little bit evangelical about it. I quit my job, which wasn't the smartest move, worked my butt off for about seven months and then found myself really in debt and it just wasn't happening because I had no idea how to actually build a business. All I knew was this thing called coaching was great. So I had this no idea how to build a business at all and they're two really different things. So I, you know, fell between my legs, went and got a day job, another one, but found that I kept coaching on the side and I persuaded my boss to let me start doing some coaching within the organisation that I was in. That grew. I ended up coaching managers there and executives and after a couple of years went and did my master's in coaching without any kind of agenda or thought that I would turn this into a business. And then after a while, I suppose developed a reputation for being pretty good at it. So people in partner organisations started 
started asking me to go in and do coaching there. I got asked to do some coach training for people. And then about five years ago, thought I would tentatively put my foot back in the water of seeing if people would pay me for this. And so that kind of started the journey of learning how to build a business, which I was still utterly clueless about. You know, I generally worked with nonprofits and the public sector. So, you know, I didn't have kind of entrepreneurs around me. I didn't know even how to do a business plan. And it was really scary. So I took it really, really slowly through a lot of trial and error, invested any money that I earned from my coaching while I still have my day job back into my business and gave myself a chance to build it up properly. Until about 18 months ago, I built myself up a really nice coaching practice doing life coaching and helping people develop their resiliency mm-hmm. and then decided that I wanted to work with coaches and help them to do the same thing because, you know, it's not... I knew so many of the coaches who this stuff just doesn't come natural to and I could completely relate to what they were feeling, you know? People talk about marketing funnels and who's your ideal client? And I was just like, I don't know. And I don't care. I just want to coach. Why can't I just do that? And so that's what I help people to do now. I bridge that gap. I help give them all of this strategy and all of these techniques that I learned about how to build a business, but also marrying it, that real drive that I think kind of heart-centered life coaches and health coaches have, which is, I just want to be able to change the freaking world, please. <laughs> and I don't want to have to do any of that stuff. So I help, I guess, people who hate the thought of marketing learn how to earn a living doing my stuff. And it's pretty cool. I really enjoy it. But it took a while to get here. I took the long road. I think you took the perfect road for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm a big believer that one of my favourite phrases is everything that's ever happened to you is the perfect preparation for the person that you're meant to become. I love that. When somebody said that to me a few years ago, I kind of, that's so perfect because it lets you off that, you know, that thing that we can all do sometimes, like, oh, why did I spend all that time and all that money and why, you know, why did I stay with that guy well for all that time or why did I stay in that, within that friendship that really wasn't serving me or why did I stay in that job And, and actually it, just shows you that well you were meant to and you took the lessons from it the only thing that's lost is if you don't take the learning from it otherwise all of that rich experience is useful to you absolutely so how did you take all that rich experience from your corporate job and transition it into your coaching one of the things, you know, it always fascinates me when people do something new, like start a new business or start a new venture. It's almost like they want to start it with a clean slate and they forget about all of the other things that they were doing before. So all of the things like, you know, things that happen to anybody in a workplace, like trying to persuade people to do stuff they don't want to do. You know, all of those interpersonal skills, all of the, you know, having to sell an idea to people, building good relationships, finding out what people really want and how you can work together to achieve that. All of those kind of interpersonal skills I guess along with stuff like you know the fact that you reach a a certain age or a certain level of experience and you've had a fair few knocks and you realise that they don't kill you they feel crap you know <laughs> you might want to sit down and take a breather and kind of just go oh, that was really horrible I don't really and, but then you pick yourself up again and so I guess the working in the corporate world and you know some of it was pretty high pressured you know I worked for a big consultancy firm which is very high pressured but you know working in the public sector over the past kind of you know five six years has not been easy at all and so one of the things that helped me to develop was the answer to the question well how can we keep piling pressure on people and put them in tougher and tougher situations and still make sure they're okay in that. And so that led to my fascination with things like resiliency and happiness, not in the kind of, oh, 
I'm so happy. I'm so, but you know, how do we remain okay and live fulfilled lives, even though it's not always perfect, even though maybe you're facing redundancy, even though the future's uncertain. And so that taught me lots of skills around, well, how do you manage your business when the future is always going to be uncertain? How do you manage your own stress and why it's so important to be able to do that? Because, you know, if you go under as a, an entrepreneur, then there's no one going to pay you sick leave. There's, you know, there's no one going to come and go, do you know what? I'll do that for you this afternoon. You go home early. There isn't that. So the importance of self-care and looking after yourself and having the right kind of mindset and being able to solve problems, they were all invaluable. You know, I love the fact that I got to learn those skills, but in the without the added pressure of thinking, and oh, how am I going to pay that invoice next month? Because I had a salary coming in. What would you say is one of the biggest mindset shifts that you had to make between working from someone else and working for yourself? Gosh, there was so many. But the idea that no one else is going to do it for you, but realising that that has a, that's a double-edged sword. So nobody else is going to do it for you. And so on the days when you really don't feel like it, that's a bit rubbish because no one else is getting you can't really kind of go I don't want to and not show up because you kind of got to but also no one else is going to do it for you so you get all of this space and creativity to think how do I want to do this then I don't have to do it the way that the employee handbook tells me to do it because well, I'm writing the handbook as I'm going along and you know I don't have to follow the corporate font if I want to do it in purple comic sans then I can I wouldn't if you've been doing it <laughs> you could and so this free freedom that comes with that. I guess the biggest mind shift is being able to manage the freedom and tap into the kind of the sweet spot and being able to manage my mindset so that I get myself into the good place of thinking, yeah, I love the freedom. I've got this creativity, but not going too far into that. Just going, I think I'll work today or I think I'll totally change my business into whatever. It's, it's a yin and the yang. You have to be able to be disciplined with it as well. And nobody else is going to tell you off if you don't do the thing. It just might be you know, you find you can't pay the mortgage at the end of the month because you haven't brought enough money in. And, you know, that gives you motivation to work it out. So how do you keep yourself motivated when you aren't necessarily getting the results that you would like to get? I remember why I'm doing it. I'm a big fan of Simon Sinek and the whole, you know, remember your why. And so knowing my kind of core values and my why remind me of why I'm doing this. So I'm doing it because it helps me feel like I'm really doing some good in the world. I have this expression that people who do coaching are we're kind of, we want to change the world one person at a time and so one conversation at a time. It helps me to tap into the stuff that I'm really good at. It gives me a certain amount of freedom and flexibility so that I can, you know, have a bit more time for my family and a bit more time to do the stuff that I enjoy doing, like thinking about stuff. I'm a big nerd. I love kind of reading up about things. And so I can build that into my, in my business. So it gives me all of those things. But it's important for me to remember why and my purpose. And I think that's important for everybody. There's nothing worse than having those days when you wake up just going, I don't know why I'm doing this. Not a good place to be. No, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> particularly when as kind of entrepreneurs and service-based entrepreneurs, particularly, we have to go out and essentially sell ourselves. Yeah. So, how do you manage that in terms of the marketing and the making the sale when you are selling you in one respect? It's really difficult. And I think this is one of the most difficult things that, you know, I would say the majority of service-based businesses that I know of struggle with. Because it's not, as you say, it's not like you're selling washing powder or it's not like you're selling a product. You are you're selling yourself. Yes, okay, you're selling your skills and you're selling your expertise. But yeah, there's a large element of selling yourself. And so one of the ways that I manage it is getting really clear on what is the value that I 
can provide for people. What is the outcome? that I provide and sometimes that's about actually not just sometimes a lot of that initially comes from going over things like evaluations getting feedback from clients doing lots and lots of kind of testing out and work and getting to a place where I really knew kind of kind of core level I'm good at this I can really help people in these certain areas and so it's not so much me going out and uh, I'm really great even though inside I'm feeling like a fraud instead I'm going out is I know I can really help you with this so, you know, whether I'm the right coach for you, whether I'm a good fit for you, we don't know yet, but I'm sure that I can help somebody in your position. And that's also knowing my kind of my ideal client, who the best people are to work with. And that makes it so much easier because then it's not having that kind of, oh, do I seem really arrogant or I feel like a fraud or someone's going to tap me on the shoulder because I feel like I'm here doing a tap dance going, you know, I'm fantastic. Hire me, hire me. Actually, I know what I can do for people. And also I know what I can't. And so I'm okay with being able to say, you know, just know what if you need that I can't really help you with it but you know I can refer you to somebody who can and just being really clear on my expertise but it took a while to get to that's a very powerful position to be in though when you know not only who you are but kind of what your skills are it's much easier I'd imagine to then talk about it yeah and I think that's why you know having your own coach is really good and doing some work on yourself is really good and you know somebody's transitioning out of employment for example don't forget that you have all of those skills that you've got already that you bring in with you so you may be putting them into a new context or using them with a new client group but nobody takes them away from you when they, they take your, your building pass and your, <laughs> you know, your email and just go i will have that eight years of experience back please and that's yours to keep so being able to you know do a skills audit do a values audit know how you what skills you bring to certain situations and then looking you know the old transferable skills thing about how you can then apply them in the new situation that you're going into it's really really valuable because and the other thing is realizing that it's okay to make mistakes and nobody has it all figured out mm. And that's one of the things we forget. We look at, the, you know, our idols or the people that we want to be like them. And we see, you know, either the fancy website or, you know, we see the person interviewed on TV and they've had their hair and their makeup done. They've probably rehearsed their kind of key points hundreds of times before. And we think, oh, my goodness, I'm not there. Therefore, I'm a total failure. And we forget that we're comparing somebody else's finished product to our kind of burgeoning one our, our seed and giving ourselves permission to grow you don't have to be perfect and I've spoken to you know some kind of big hitters in you know whether it be the coaching industry or the online world and they don't have it all together all the time either but you know they give the impression that they do and now bizarrely people say similar things to me and kind of go you know so what was the point that you realised that you could do it all because I have not hit that point yet <laughs> I, I don't even want to because then we get to the point where it's like if there was nothing left to learn Oh, how boring would that be? I can't imagine that ever happening. Ooh. For me, the giving yourself permission to learn and to grow mm-hmm. is really important. So how do you manage that in terms of getting your message out there on social media? Because it's really noisy. Oh, it's so noisy. One of the things that I decided to do was to stop listening to other people. So, I, you know, if, you, if you're getting it overwhelmed by the whole Facebook thing, sometimes you go into Facebook groups or you see, you know, your news feed and there seems to be so many glamorous looking people who seem to have it so much more together. I just go, no, that, that is just not good for your mental health. It's about working out what your message is. Mm-hmm. And almost shutting the rest of it out. And certainly when, and I've, I've spoken to quite a few people about this. I think when you're first starting out, particularly online, it can feel like 
is taking forever and no one's listening to you. And it will feel like nothing's happening for a while because we have this instant culture that, you know, I'll show you how to make six figures and three months type thing which doesn't happen for anybody and so when you're not after three months you're like I am a great big failure but actually if you look into these people's stories most people I know who have built up a business online to a good level it's taken them kind of four or five years to do so so give yourself permission to have a good run at it and then find your voice and put things out consistently you know I have clients that have come to me this year like in January I have two just I have more clients than two but I have two that have come to me just in January who said you know they'd come across me first of all I think one it had been two years ago and another one had been listening to my podcast for and you know so right from the beginning that's been going just over two years so you know that's two years people were in my world before they decided to hire me I mean it doesn't take everybody that long but just because initially people aren't giving you the feedback that you may be craving doesn't mean nobody's listening and one of the other good things is that if you're not getting you know big numbers coming to you know websites and and things like that then that's a great place to risk free try some things out one of the watershed moments for me when I was first starting my blog like five six years ago was when I worked out how to go in and look at you know like your traffic figures and there was like I was getting like three hits a day and but all of a sudden you know after I had a, a big kind of like oh my god what's the point I realized that well actually it doesn't matter what I write because no one's listening and that was liberating that gave me the opportunity to just write and to just start putting some stuff out there and experiment mm-hmm. until I found what was a good fit for me yeah and I can feel that I never thought about it in that way, but I can see the freedom there. Yeah. I'm a coach, so everything is silver linings. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk kind of coaching world. And what's your take on kind of the idea of the mindset and how that plays into being an entrepreneur? I think I'm a big fan of positive psychology. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that frustrates me sometimes about the coaching industry, the online world, is that some of the concepts, some of the things that have, you know have a really good research base behind them some of the techniques are kind of not even quite dumbed down or misunderstood so this whole idea that well if you just think positive then good things will happen well no that's not actually how it works we need to be filtering in consciously some good stuff to counterbalance our natural tendency to be on the negative side so we have a between a three to one and a five to one negativity bias which means your brains are designed our brains are designed to remember between three and five more negative things for every one positive one but there's a really easy way of redressing that and that is well if you consciously filter in the positive stuff then they will stick in your head and so that's why things like gratitude journals you know noting down when things have gone well that type of stuff that's why they can be really effective But in terms of stuff like affirmations, they can sometimes have a kind of a... What's, it, what's the word? Ah, they, they can... But I get what you mean with affirmations, because I think they only work if you actually believe them to start with. Exactly. And so if you don't believe them, all that then goes on is that there's a voice in your head just going, no, it isn't. No, you're not. What are you doing that for? And so the whole inner critic, which we all have, tends to become louder and louder. You can end up having these real battles in your head, which just takes lots and lots of energy. So there is loads of stuff about mindset that can be really really useful and absolutely you need to be you know have a good positive mindset but that's not about beating yourself up for the times when you go I'm feeling really low I'm actually really pessimistic today oh my god I'm total failure I need to be positive it almost becomes a bit like the happiness police are going to come in in the coaching world you know you just need a positive attitude and everything will be fine well no sometimes you need some more information sometimes you need some strategy sometimes you need to be of the you need to walk away from it and go and do something else and relax so that you can 
free up some energy in your brain to be a better problem solver. That comes down to, you know, resiliency skills. There's also this thing around about half of us are natural optimists and half of us are natural pessimists. And that accounts for about 50% of how you're habitually going to think. The other 50% of your thoughts are room to play with. But for some people, you are more naturally going to be looking for the problem, trying to spot the things that are going to go wrong. And one of the dangers within personal development coaching is that we start to police thoughts that we think, oh, well, that's not a positive thought, therefore I need to stop thinking it. And actually all of our thoughts, all of our approaches can be useful in the right circumstances. It's knowing how to harness them. So blind optimism isn't always going to help you. It's having a good balance between the two. And that's one of the things that frustrates me is, you know, almost sometimes I think the optimists are just like, come on, you pessimists, why are you <laughs> possibly not all be fine? And actually it won't be necessarily and it certainly won't be just by thinking positively so you need to have some tools and some techniques that are actually going to work to help you stay in an effective mindset absolutely i think a blind op- optimism can actually be quite dangerous yeah i mean it's blind optimism that let me made me quit my job and you know as a single parent who had no business experience that was not a good move and i know a frightening number of people who do that because that's you know one of the things within personal development that is taken to be a truism you know leap and the universe will catch you well no I know loads of people, but it didn't catch them. So, you know, have yourself a plan as well. (laughs) You know, it's not like, don't be optimistic. Don't assume it's not going to go well. But also don't be so wildly enthusiastic that, you know, you throw everything to the wall and then you haven't got a backup plan. I think it's that thing about balance, isn't it? Yeah. I think there is some truth in terms of leaping into the battle catch you. So long as you've actually got, you're actually doing things. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> if you're just sitting there leaping, yeah, it's not going to happen. I'm manifesting. I'm sitting, I'm thinking really hard about all the fight <laughs> get Oh, manifesting is how I'm doing that kind of gets me because there is a lot of truth to it, but it does require action. I know. Do you get notes from the universe? I don't. Oh, so everybody has to go to, it's, if you just Google notes from the universe, it's like Mike Dooley. And what it does is it sends you through an email supposedly from the universe every morning. And they're just brilliant. And lots of it is around, you know, kind of manifesting. But the one I got today, let me see if I can find it and read it out. And it was just exactly that. It was, you know, you can dream of these things and I'll dream of these things. But how about we actually take some action together? Let me see if I can find it. Here we go. So it says, I want you to think of your life today just as it is and just where you are. Okay, now I want you to think of the fabulous life of your dreams. All right. Do you realize that getting from here to there is not something you can do without me, as in the universe? I thought so. But do you also realize it's not something that I can do without you? Awesome. And while we're there, do you forget to realize that you need to actually take some action towards those things? And it's just brilliant. It's just such a great reminder of, well, yeah, it's fine to want all of these things. That's absolutely great. As you say, you've got to take some action. You do, definitely. And then the right action, hopefully. But even uh, any action is a good thing. You know, and I think we can all be good at keeping ourselves busy when we need to. But yeah, the right action is the stuff that's that's really going to get you there. Which, you know, a vision board is a great start. It can keep you motivated towards the things that you want. But if you just sit and look at your vision board every day, (laughs) that's not going to take you anywhere. You know, it's not going to take you to where you want to be. 
Talk to me about how you think self-care and success are interrelated. They're vital. And I say this as somebody who's habitually in the past been pretty rubbish at self-care. You know, it seemed I'm so much better at taking care of other people. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of women. I was just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the things that I've realised is that I can't function if I'm not well. You know, if I'm not at the top of my game, whether it be physically, if I'm not taking care of myself physically. My brain is a wonderfully creative thing, but it's not that creative when it's exhausted. Mm. So it, it needs rest and it needs feeding in other ways. My soul needs feeding. You know, I, I need to be doing things that nourish me. So one of the things that I practice is, is mindfulness. And one of the concepts in mindfulness is the idea that, you know, how much of your life depletes you, in which, you know, lots of things take energy, but how much of your life replenishes you and nourishes you. Mm-hmm. And I think for an awful lot of us, myself included, for a long, long time, that was way out of balance. And so I would try and kind of cover over that by, you know, whether it be food or whether it be thinking, well, when I get to the next thing, then I can take a rest. And I've realized more and more is that I don't want to bother having a business if I'm not enjoying my life. And I, and so that means that I have to prioritize being able to take time out for myself and by self-care as well I kind of I'm of the mind that you know a bubble bath is nice but that's more about keeping myself clean than you should do actual self-care self-care could be cooking yourself a really nice meal it could be going to see a museum it could be just taking a couple of hours out to go for a walk it could be chatting to a friend it could be lots of things you don't have to wait for the the two weeks holiday or the the time you can go for a weekend at a spa it's it needs to be a daily thing it needs to be like brushing your teeth almost absolutely and for some people that could be a bubble bath it's yeah. really what it means for you isn't it absolutely yeah it's just the idea that you know we have these kind of things that you know i speak to so many women and i've had that myself i don't know about you but you just go oh yes i know i should be doing some self-care like it's another thing on our to-do list <laughs> yes self-care check for today yeah check check that box yeah, yeah. kind of defeats the point mm. And just doing something, whatever it is for you, that you find nurturing. So tell me, Jo, if you could go back to the you just getting started in business, what advice would you give yourself? Don't quit your job. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not advice that everybody agrees with me on, but I really believe that, especially as women, we can put a huge amount of additional necessary pressure on ourselves to be bringing in income straight away before we're ready. Mm-hmm. And I've seen so many people kind of quit their business because the pressure of that is too much. And for a lot of people, it's just unrealistic to expect that you're going to be able to replace your full-time income straight away. It just is. And so giving yourself time to build up without the added pressure of, I need to be bringing you know the equivalent of my full-time salary straight away. So whether that means you get a little part-time gig on the side, whether that means you start building up your business while you're still in full-time employment or you know you start slow or you, or you bring in some extra support or you have savings or whatever to take the pressure off yourself and that's the other thing because we, our brains don't work well under huge amounts of pressure i know some people find it motivating but the majority of certainly the majority of women we don't because you know because of the way we work with testosterone and things like that it adds unnecessary stress i think and we just make it even harder for ourselves What's a quote, mantra, or phrase that you live by? Oh, there's no failure, only feedback. 
I love that. I used to have it on my dining room wall, you know, in these big stickers, decals that you can get. So you oh, have yeah. it room wall. Because when I was growing up, for most of my 20s, I was so hard on myself. And, you know, there were so many areas of my life I was like, well, I've failed. You know, if I, if I hadn't been a recovering perfectionist. So if it wasn't perfect, I'd failed. If it wasn't absolutely brilliant and had won the award, it was rubbish. And so when I first learned about that phrase, this idea that you can't fail because all it is is information. And so even when things don't go well, you can look, okay, so what can I learn from that? That gives you all this additional space and lets yourself off the hook around taking more chances and taking more risks because you're not risking total failure. You're risking maybe I will feel embarrassed or maybe I'll be disappointed, but I can handle that. It kind of adds a gray scale to it all. I kind of thought, God, I would love for my kids to have that because I didn't get that when I was growing up. You know, my brain didn't work that way. So I had it for a while in my dining room. And I remember my son, who's now 15, coming in with his mates. And one of his mates said, what's that on the wall? And he just went, oh, I don't know, some weird thing my mum's into. <laughs> and I thought, oh, no, it's my attempt at being this, you know, really super cool. <laughs> <laughs> instilling these values into him and he's just like no it's completely gone <laughs> so Joe, what are some of the most amazingly helpful resources that you've, uh, you've found well Skype Skype is amazing Skype still blows my mind because I can coach people from all over the world Mm. And, you know, you and I are in the same country, but we're hundreds of miles away and we're able to talk like this now. I have clients who are in America, in Canada, across Europe. It's astonishing. So I don't need people to be close by. So Skype and I have something called eCam Recorder will record Skype calls so I can use it for my podcast. I can use it for client calls and then send people recordings. That's brilliant. There's also something called Voxer, which I've started using, which is like a walkie-talkie on your mobile phone. It means that you can have instant kind of voice conversations with people all over the world, anyone who has the app. So I'm in a mastermind group with somebody who's in Canada and somebody who's in North America, and I'm in, you know, the north of England. We can have instant chats when I'm out in the car. And again, it blows my mind. (laughs) It's very cool. And the online schedulers as well. I use something called Acuity and it deals with time zones. It allows people to book sessions with me without us having to play email tag and it will even take payments. It will send out my intake forms and my contracts. It's it's just makes life so much easier. (laughs) (laughs) Anything that makes life easier is always a good thing. Absolutely. Who inspires you? Lots of people. There are all, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but my clients really inspire me because the idea that you're going out there and you're building something new in the world and trying something new, I think is really courageous. And I just think that's awesome. My mom really inspires me. She was somebody who went out to work in the 60s and raised me to believe that I was just as good as any man. And that wasn't necessarily the message that was being given. She decided to carry on working after she got married and had kids. And again, even back in the 70s, that wasn't the norm and she's now retired and still does loads of voluntary work and it's always really important to her to do good in the world and she instilled that into me and so she's someone that I really admire. I buy people like Tina Fey and comedians who are using comedy to kind of push different agendas and, you know, poke fun at things that have been the norm for so long. You know, people like Amy Schumer and people like that, because actually that's really brave to be able to poke fun at the way the world is towards women or the way that the world is towards people who are, air quotes, you know, considered minorities and not the norm. I think that's awesome because my response 
response is normally to just get incredibly mad at the people I disagree with. And so I hugely admire people who can use that humour in a smart way to be able to, you know, pop the bubble of people and hopefully change minds in that way. What's going on in your life that you're most excited about right now? I'm really excited about the fact that my business is at a place now where this is where I'd always hoped it would get to, but for a long time wasn't sure that it would. So, you know, I have consistent clients. I know what I'm doing. I always wanted to be able to get to this place where I could drive the income that I had. So whereas before when I'd, you know, I either had somebody paying my salary or, you know, I'd, I'd work freelance. And so you kind of waited for the phone to ring. One of the reasons I wanted to develop an online business was so that I could drive that more so that I could decide, okay, well, I need X number of pounds coming in and so I could launch a product and if I do this, 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 this and this I can probably predict to with, you know, with a certain margin how much income I need and if I need more then I know that I need to, you know, increase my mailing list side or produce another project or I could do, you know, some webinars and generate some income interest and I know the different steps now to take that feels really liberating really freeing Beautiful a beautiful place to be in. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a lovely place to be. And that's not to say that, you know, everything's rosy and things, but it means that I can see the road a lot more clearly than I could for a long time. If there's a lot less hit and miss. No, I can see that. It's a completely different energy. Mm, yeah. So now that everyone's got to know you, how can they come say hello and keep in touch? Oh, well, my home on the web is joecasey.com. So that's Joe without an A, J-O-C-A-S-E-Y.com. That's my kind of home hub. And there you can sign up. I have some free trainings on there and just lots of nice things. That's where my podcast lives. That's where my blog posts live and, and things like that. I also have a Facebook group for coaches and it's called the coaches collective you can get to that from the site as well and in there we you know have different theme days you can get feedback on the stuff that you're working on there's a really lovely friendly bunch of people in there who are always helping people out and oh it's just a really nice bunch of people and i'm about to start doing some monthly kind of free open coaching calls so if you're on either my mailing list or you're in the facebook group you'll get access to those just because i'm loving coaches and my people so I want to be able to have more of them out there earning a living because it breaks my heart when people are really passionate about what they're doing, but they give it up. They can't make it work. Joe, thank you so much for your time and for all your wisdom that you shared with us. I've so enjoyed our conversation today. You're so welcome. Thanks for listening, beautiful. Amy here. Just dropping in for a second to let you know that I've just opened up a limited number of coaching spots. Now, if you're an entrepreneur who's ready to stop spinning in circles and go pro in your business, but you're kind of suffering from information overload, then we should definitely talk. Pop on over to amybiondini.com forward slash connect and let's have a conversation about how I can help you get out of the overwhelm into action that makes sense for you and get you feeling like a legit boss in your business. I know that you can do this. Sometimes all that's needed is a little extra help. Thanks for listening, gorgeous. Love what you heard? Leave a review on iTunes because that helps people find the show. Then get your sweet self over to heartsoulandguts.com and join the convo. And by the way, thanks for being you because the world needs more dreamers who get stuff done. <laughs>